Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we're joined by actor Francois Chow talking all about his incredible career in TV, movies, voice roles for video games. We'll get into a lot of stuff and we'll take your questions if you'd like to call in or text us. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome to you. If you are watching us on Instagram or if you're watching this live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, thank you very much for tuning in there as well. And we've got a fantastic guest tonight. I met this gentleman at Pensacon. I flew to Pensacon to uh, meet him, and kind of I had a quick, uh, quick kick figure. I wanted to get autographed, and luckily he was kind enough to actually join us on the show right now on the phone. Francois Chow, how are you? I'm I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, I love that picture we took because I, I I asked I said, hey, can we get a picture where you're just punching me across the face? <laughs> and I showed that to my wife and she bust out laughing. That's I've gotten so many compliments on that picture. And it I mean just the way the angle it was taken, it really looks like you are socking me right in the jaw. So uh, that was a great picture. I'm, I was looking at everything. It looks like actually the the voice role of Quick Kick was your first role really as an actor is that correct yeah that was sort of my first uh i would say professional role i had just uh moved uh, to los angeles uh a few months earlier and uh lucky enough to uh get a um commercial agent and they sent me out on this this uh, audition for this voiceover character and uh, i'd never done anything like that before i went in there and uh uh, I guess uh, ignorance is bliss because uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but uh, maybe that's what got me the job. Uh, and then after after I got the job, it was uh, I mean it was like you know being thrown into the deep end of the pool uh, because it was just uh, man it was it was great, but it was uh, working with all these other great voice actors who uh, who you know been doing it for for years and years, and here I am just you know kind of trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there was a there was a lot of great cast members on that, and uh, I, oh, yeah. I I've, I've made no secret that I'm a huge fan of voiceover actors. And from GI Joe alone, we probably had Joey what probably six different members of the. We've had uh, we had Michael Bell uh, who voiced right. Duke. We had Arthur Berghart who voiced Iceberg in Destro. Uh, Greg Berger yeah. who voiced uh, Spirit, and that's that's one of my favorite episodes. Is the Excalibur with you and Spirit are trying to get Excalibur away from Storm Shadow. Yeah. There you go, man. Now you know you're searching my memory here for uh, 
But you, I mean, you're one of those actors. When I look at your resume, some some people, you know, they start out in voice and they stay with voice. Some people, they you know, mm-hmm. might do a voice project here or there. You've got a great mix of live action roles on fantastic shows and movies, and you still do the voice acting. Do you have a? Do you have one over the other that you prefer? You know, uh, the voice acting is is almost like a. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like a sideline for me. Most of my stuff is on camera. Uh, just, you know, my, my first job was, but uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I can't do a lot of different voices and stuff. And I just, uh, all the jobs I've gotten is because, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why I can't do this, but uh, most of my stuff is, has been on camera, a lot of TV, uh, a bunch of movies. But uh, I've been lucky enough throughout the years that uh, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, one of those guys where you're watching uh, TV or you're watching a movie and you go, oh, there's that guy. I don't know what his name is. There he is. There's that guy. I don't know what his name is, but uh, yeah, I know who that is. So uh, yeah, I've been lucky enough to do that. And like I said, as I look over your resume, I mean, my goodness, you, the TV staples like Hill Street Blues, Hunter, Baywatch, MacGyver. You, you've been in both uh, both MacGyvers, by the way. You were in the original MacGyver and the brand new one they just had out. 29 years apart. That is so crazy. The first uh, role I did on MacGyver was in the original one. Yeah. And then 29 years later, I did another episode. So, yeah. <laughs> See, that would have been great if they could have somehow worked out that you're kind of like the, the, a relation, a distant relation of the same character yeah. from the first one or something like that. That would have been kind of yeah. fun to see. Yeah. So when, when just, um, I posted a picture saying, uh, you know, hey, uh, what's the deal? MacGyver got younger. I got older. <laughs> You you age very well though. I, I will say too when I when I've gone back and look at looked at some of your earlier work to the stuff yeah. I've seen you in now you've you've aged very gracefully. Well, thank you. <laughs> and when I, when uh, you look at all the stuff you've done all these all these TV and movie projects um, with the level you've done, like I said, some of these are just fantastic shows, fantastic movies you've done. As mm-hmm. an actor, when did you feel personally that you know you know what? I've arrived. This is, this is, this is, I'm here now. This is where I, this is your benchmark. Where, when did you finally feel that personally as an actor? Uh, you know, I can't really speak for all actors, but I will. <laughs> uh, we, we never, we never get to the point where we think, Ooh, uh, you know, this is it. We've arrived. Well, uh, even the, I would say even the most, you know, uh, I, I, I'll bet you the most A-list stars are always, we're all very insecure. So we're always thinking, oh, man, you know, what's, what's the next job going to be? What's, what's, you know, what's, uh, what's going to happen after this job kind of thing? Um, you know, obviously that's not, you know, if you're uh, Meryl Streep or, or Robert De Niro, that's, that's not really a valid thing. But uh, uh, most of us actors, we're always, we're always kind of insecure about the, uh, What's going to happen? So I don't know if anybody ever thinks that, well, we've arrived and, and you know, now we can put our feet up and, and relax. Uh, we're always we're always working for the next thing. So I don't think uh, I, I don't know if I've arrived. Uh, I'm, I'm getting kind of old, so uh, I better get there soon. <laughs> well, I, no, I, like I said, looking at your uh, your IMDb page is very impressive. I mean, you've got a lot to be proud of with all the projects and the the roles you've gotten and things like that. I noticed that uh, I, I saw another interview with you where you said you, you started acting, because if I'm not mistaken, I got this right, you went to an all-boys high school and you started acting as a way to meet girls, which uh, kudos to you. That's a great reason to get involved in it. 
Uh, I can't think of a better one, but yeah, that's, that's pretty kind of, uh, that's pretty much it. That there was, uh, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure some way to, you know, <laughs> right. uh, to do it. So uh, that was, that was my way. And it was, so you just fell in love with it at that point on. Cause it, it there was no turning back, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty much, um, I, uh, let me see if I can think back. I started, uh, probably like around maybe, uh, sophomore year in high school i thought you know I'm, i'll go to these schools and and audition for plays and maybe i'll get lucky and i can go and hang out and you know make some new friends and meet some girls and i started doing it and uh i thought wow this is uh, this is pretty fun this is great um and uh you know i was at a prep school i my my um i was like a, an a student all the way up until about um uh, I would say, I guess, senior year, where uh, I started doing more and more of these shows. And, you know, up to then, all these uh, um, colleges were sending me letters saying, hey, you know, apply here, apply here, because your, your grade point average is great. You've got great SATs, blah, blah, blah. By, by senior year, though, I, I didn't get uh, too many more of those letters because <laughs> I, I, I was doing shows. I don't think I could do anything else. It sounds like you just had a bad case of senioritis, and I think that happens to all high school seniors, regardless of what they're doing in school. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, obviously, I mean that's great. So when you when you started out, you know, you're in, you're in high school and you're doing these. Did you did you think to yourself, I want to do stage plays because that's obviously that's what the majority of stuff you're doing, or did it kind of cross your mind like, you know what, I could probably do this for TV and movies? Kind of where was your mindset after you got out of co- got out of high school? Uh, you know, I got out of high school. I uh, typically at that point in time, um, you know, of course, my parents were not really uh, enthused uh, about my choice of, of going into acting. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, to uh, to make them happy, I started out as a business administration major uh, in college. And uh, I, I would say about two weeks into that, I thought, wow. Uh, this is insane. I, I don't even know. I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. So that's when I, when, that's when I switched and I thought, Oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta give the other thing a shot. Um, and in, in terms of doing, you know, I start when I, when I started, uh, I did a lot of theater. Um, uh, and of, of course in college, I did a lot of theater. And then when, when I graduated, I still did a lot of theater, but I really, uh, wanted to do film and TV. I love TV. I love films. I probably watch more, more films than, than uh, most people. Uh, you know, films from uh, classic films from the '30s through through now. And uh, TV, man. When I when I moved uh, to the states uh, in the in like I think it was 1967 when I was a kid, man. I, all I wanted to do was watch TV. You know, I watched all these. <laughs> These shows like uh, yeah, uh, Star Trek, Batman, you know, yeah. uh, stuff like stuff like that. Probably nobody ever remembers now, but um, that that was my my whole thing. So I, I I moved out to Los Angeles specifically because I wanted to uh, try to get into uh, TV and films. I, I I knew pretty much that I I couldn't really make a living in theater because uh, you really have to be like a triple threat. You have to be a good a great dancer, great singer, great actor. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can, I can hold my own, uh, you know, I can, I can hold the tunes, but, 
and then I can do some some dance moves, but nothing that that would uh, get me to to what I wanted to do. So, Pillman TV was what I tried. That way, if you need dancing, you can always have the stunt double do your dancing for you, and then you can do the close up <laughs> shots and things like that. Yeah, no, that, that I never. <laughs> I, I always see the stunt double doing it, and I go, I, that's not the guy. Uh, that's not him doing it. That's not her doing it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I, I love that you're, you're a film buff to begin with. So uh, I'll ask you, during, during the pandemic, we're all locked down. Obviously, that's what everyone was doing is watching shows and right. movies. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you someone who will go back and rewatch stuff that you've seen 100 times, or were you fi- finding new things to watch during the pandemic? Well, I always, well, you know, we are so uh, it's amazing the amount of programming that that is available Yeah. with all the streaming and everything. It's like, there's so much stuff you can't, if I sat here and watch TV 24 hours a day for the next, you know, three months or something, I still wouldn't be able to get through all the stuff I want to get through. Right. But I, I watch a lot of new stuff. Uh, there's certain movies uh i love that you know it's weird every time it comes on although i've seen it you know uh, a gazillion times i always go oh uh i love westerns so like uh like every time uh, i see uh you know like sheen i'm mm-hmm. going oh even though i've seen it a thousand times it goes oh okay i'm gonna watch it some more you know <laughs> like sheen <right? laughs> uh and there's a couple other movies where you know when i flip the channels i for some reason, um, what's the movie? I always uh, let's let's love actually. Oh yeah, that's that's one of my uh, Christmas uh, movies. I put that on every Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I don't know why, but it's like oh, this is great. I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> yeah, there are movies that that's um, just the way. Like my my wife will make fun of me because we'll be flipping channels and I'll come in in the middle of like Mrs. Doubtfire, which I've seen yeah. thirty times. I'm like oh, right, just why right. are you stopping to watch this in the middle? You've seen this. You own right. the DVD. But there, there are yeah. those movies that just kind of draw us yeah. in. Yeah. Exactly. So is there? You mentioned westerns are one of your favorite. Do you have? Is there a genre or a type of movie or a TV series that you've always wanted to kind of get into that you haven't done yet? Uh, not. I don't know. I mean, I say uh, I love westerns. Some of them I find uh, that I can watch, like uh, Gunsmoke and all these other things mm-hmm. from the sixties and so forth. And, uh, I, you know, it's so, it's, <laughs> it's like, I love them and I watch them now and I, and it's, it's like cringeworthy, cringe, right? Because yeah, yeah, certain ones. Before when I was a kid, I would watch them. I thought, oh, this is great. The cowboys are fighting the Indians and, you know, the whatever. Now I watch it. It's all like, oh, get the, get that, you know, half-breed Indian guy. And they're all, it's, it's so it's so uh, racist. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch them anymore without going. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of that stuff you gotta. It, it's a. It's a product of the time, and that's why I think. I, yeah. I, I think like even Disney and like AMC, the movie channel, are throwing disclaimers up to let people know. Hey, right. it, we're not. We're not showing yeah. you this because we condone this. This is what right, it was like, right. and I think people just have to kind yeah. of, if they engage in that context, I think it. You know, hopefully people can. Except I'm like, okay, well, that that's just the way it was. Much like books were written, yeah. books were written differently. It's hard to me being an Asian American actor, and I, I watch these old shows, and uh, you know, I see some of the uh, most of the characters being played by Asian Americans are pretty, you know, stereotypical bad, 
two-dimensional stuff. And uh, it's like, okay, that's that's the, the product of the time and all that stuff. But it still makes me kind of cringe when I see, you know, like, uh, especially when the like an Asian part is being played by a, a white actor or something. And you go, wow, uh, I was a kid. This is great. But now I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, man. Yeah, Mickey Rooney and Breakfast in Tiffany's springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first watched that, I, I love I love Breakfast in Tiffany. You know, that was a great movie. When I first saw it, I didn't think anything. Now I watch it, and I I really can't you know I can't get past those those scenes, right? You yeah. Just, you know, you, you, your memory of the, the way how great it was, but now it's almost like oh, you you open your eyes and you go oh, I guess I didn't really know what I was doing. But uh, like I say, you know, uh, it's it's. Uh, what 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 what's the uh, what's the saying? You know, ignorance is bliss. Right? Yeah, very very true. <laughs> um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. You're okay? Are you okay to stick with us for a little while longer? I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. We're gonna take another quick commercial break. We're gonna come right back, continue our chat with Francois Chow. If you'd like to ask a question, feel free to call us. The listener lines are three one four nine three one five eight seven seven, or you can text your question to us at eight four one two six. We'll be right back. Talking more with Francois Chow on geek to me Radio. Please stand by. Attention, maggots. This is Sergeant Slaughter from WWE at G.I. Joe, the real American hero. And you're listening to geek to me Don't touch that dial, and that's an order. We are back. We're back. I put the wrong microphone up. <laughs> we are back on geek to me Radio. I uh, want to make sure we tell you about our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. That's Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern. Chances are you probably got one of those close to you in your area. You can find out by going to MarcusTheaters.com and check the website. Find the location closest to you. You can get your tickets right there online, see what movies are playing Black Widow is out in theaters. This was a long time coming. I feel like it was forever. Uh, it was a great movie, and I was uh, telling people when I did my review, it knocked Ant-Man out of my top five favorite Marvel movies. Uh, it's really good, action-packed, uh, spy espionage, kind of a Captain America Winter Soldier feel to it. So if you're a Marvel fan, it's a great time to get out and see movies. And you know my opinion, it's never a bad time to go see movies. Marcus Theaters, you can download the app for your smartphone or device you can that way if you're out driving around, say, hey, let's find a movie. Find the location closest to you while you're driving. Buy your tickets and your concessions through the app. The concessions will be ready and waiting for you if you want a more contactless experience. And people are still nervous about COVID. I get it. Uh, you might want to go ahead and look at getting a private theater. Marcus Theaters does private rentals of movie theaters for you and 20 friends starting at $99. Uh, you can see Black Widow with your closest buds or some family members. That's a great way to experience movie in uh, the greatest possible surroundings. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. You can check them out, uh, find a location closest to you, get your tickets. A great time at the movies. We always say it's it's the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. My guest this hour is Francois Chan. We were just talking about movies um, Raya and the Last Dragon was recently out, and you—that was I, another voice role for you, Francois. How was? How did you find doing that? Uh, that, that, that was fun. Uh, my little, my little cameo. It's weird. I mean, I have that one line, and uh, you know, people were calling me afterwards. Hey, I—I uh, I was watching all of a sudden. I heard your voice, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, really? I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> people tell me I have like a very distinct voice. 
I, I go, really? I don't. I thought I was just I thought kind of like everybody else. And he says, <laughs> no, 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 no. I know it's you. When as soon as I hear it, I go, okay. That's a compliment, uh, no, obviously. It, it was great. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. No, I said that's a compliment. Obviously, if you've got a very distinctive oh, voice, oh, that's yeah. that's great. Oh yeah, no, it, it's uh, you know, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> And one of the movies I wanted to talk to you about uh, was Lethal Weapon 4. We recently lost the great Richard Donner, and obviously yeah. he directed that film. You got to work with him on that. Uh, if, you, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about your experience uh, filming Lethal Weapon 4 and your experience working under Richard Donner. Uh, it was, oh man, now, you know, again, we're going way back here. Uh, I didn't get a chance. I mean, you know, obviously I was not the, one of the main characters, right. so— uh, we worked with him uh, very like a couple. We did a couple of scenes, uh, and uh, he was great. He was, you know, very very professional, very nice. I uh, I think obviously he was more uh, worried about uh, working with uh, you know uh, the other actors uh, as long as we didn't do anything to screw it up. Uh, I think he he <laughs> <laughs> was fine with him. So. Um, yeah, that was uh, you know I, that was a great movie for uh, um, Asian American stuntmen. I think uh, every Asian American stunt guy got to work on that movie <laughs> at one point or another. So it was it was good, and uh, I loved his movies. I, you know, the the Christopher Reeve Superman was like oh. my, one of my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? that's. And the the Lethal Weapon movies were huge for me. And I was going through his stuff, and I said, "Man, the the episodes of Twilight Zone that he directed uh, yeah. are some of some of my favorite episodes." Uh, and yeah. a lot of he doesn't ever get. It seems like people know him for oh, it's Superman or oh, it's Lethal Weapon. Right. And he never gets right. credit for the the Twilight Zone episodes that he. I think he directed like four or five of them. And they're brilliant. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So now, I, oh, now I was listening to your uh, thing of speaking of uh, uh, Black Widow. Uh, great movie. Uh, again, it was, uh, you know, Winter Soldier was sort of uh, my favorite the Captain America movie. And I kept going, oh, they need a Black Widow movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought, wow, they did a great job. It was it was really one of the better uh, MCU movies out there. I agree. No, I think it was it was a yeah. great that just the way it kind of cradled within that timeline. So you could literally watch yeah. Captain America uh, Civil War. Watch Black right. Widow and then pick up right with Infinity War and uh, you know right. Avengers Infinity War and it was it was right. seamless seamless transition. Yeah, yeah, and you know it, it's uh, it, it worked because I kept thinking, well, how's it going to work? Because we know what happens to her, but uh, you know I, I have to admit uh, I got pretty teary eyed at the end, at the last uh, in the end credit scene there, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it was well done. I think uh, the the whole yeah. thing. So I know I I feel like I've also read or heard in another interview with you that you're a comic book guy. You you collect comic books. You you enjoy comic books and kind of keep up with them. Is that still true? I used to. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was a collector. I just I just loved reading comic books when I was a kid. Uh, you know, um, either both both uh, DC and Marvel. Uh, Spider Man was one of my favorites. Daredevil. Uh, was was uh, you know really another favorite, um, uh, especially the Frank Miller ones that came out later. Oh yeah, course, yeah, in the seventies, you know, yeah, those were great. Yeah, 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 and of course when he came out with Dark Knight and and all those other stuff, and then some of the stuff like um, I really liked uh, that came out later, like uh, Watchmen and I think other stuff. But you know I didn't really collect them as a as a as a you know like oh I'm going to keep this and 
uh, you know, uh, hopefully it, it, it becomes valuable and stuff. Mm. I just like to, I bought, I bought them and then I ripped them. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty much it. The way they're intended to be, to be used. You're supposed to buy them and read them. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. that's kind of ruining the market now, but we could do a whole other show on that for a, another time about how speculators are kind of ruining the comic book collecting thing, but we won't go off yeah. on a tangent. <laughs> so do you, yeah. do you still have any of your old daredevil or Batman comics or anything? Uh, I think I have some Daredevil stuff, but um, mm, yeah, not really. I mean, I, I'd have to go look for them, you know. And I, like I say, I don't keep them in the plastic sleeve, and so they get all uh, they stay good. I think they're in pretty bad shape if I can find them. Well, as long as you're, they're they're well loved, and then and that's the important thing is they're well loved and they're read. Yeah. And I know. Uh, speaking of DC Comics, uh, you had you had an appearance in the John Wesley Ship 1990s Flash. You were on that as a TV yeah. episode, and you were in the recent Birds of Prey. So you're kind of in the DC universe now. I am. I am. Uh, too bad. I, I uh, too bad. I got killed in both of them. But you know, <laughs> <we're> still. <laughs> but you but you were there, and then obviously the Tick. Um, speaking of comic books, uh, that that yeah. had to be so much fun because that was just such a. A vivacious show that that Amazon series, The Tick. I I have to tell you the the Tick, uh, the animated show in the '90s was yeah. one of my all time favorites. Having watched The Tick and loved that yeah. animated series, it must have been a thrill to be cast as Walter in this new series. Oh, I I, I mean I I I tell everyone I, I see, uh, I've waited, you know, forty years for Walter <laughs> to come along. Uh, that has that is truly truly my favorite character uh, I've ever played, and uh, you know I, I, I for some reason I always get cast as the bad guy. You know you, you watch all these TV shows and you'll see me in there. You know hey the drug lord or whatever. You know you know go you know kill MacGyver, kill Magnum, <laughs> kill you know whoever else is is there. But uh, Walter was just it was like. Um, I mean, there was no effort. It was just like putting on, uh, uh, you know, uh, a glove that, that just fit perfectly. And uh, it was a joy to do. And uh, it, it was just, I can't, can't describe how, how I was to work on that show. Um, that, you know, and, and the, the creator and the writer of that show, Ben Edlin, man, that guy can come up with stuff that you, you is so clever and funny that you think, wow. Oh, God, I, if I could just think of one tenth of what he, he thought up of, <laughs> of stuff to say and do, I'd, I'd be like a genius. <laughs> so, with that show, did you, you've described working on it so fondly. Was it was it just because you were a fan? Was it uh, the writing that you said with you know the just seamless writing for the character? Or was it kind of a little bit of both? Because obviously, as an actor, some roles are going to be easier than others. But it sounds like this was just a dream. It was. It was a dream. It was. Just, it was the writing. It was the role. It literally, uh, you know, I, I hear this a lot. Actors always tell me, oh, you know, uh, not just actors, but everybody's, oh, it must be so fun to play the the bad guy and to get to do this, all this stuff and this and that. And, you know, and I think, and I, I always think, well, man, you know, is, is it, it's not that much fun when you're, you're, you know, your, your character is, is going around killing people and doing all these, these right. bad things. You're, and you're doing it, and you're thinking, <laughs> and I and I would think, wow, this is this fun for people to do this? 
I mean, if they could do this in real life for fun, would they do this? I don't think so, right? We'd probably so, be surprised, I, but you, you never know. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, the, like, the character of Walter in the Tick is, uh, uh, is like, a good guy. And it's, it's just, you know, you go, oh, man. But you go home at the end of the day, you, feel, you kind of feel pretty good that, uh, you know, that you've inhabited this character. Is there is there one villainous role like you could think of from either a movie or TV show that like kind of made you the most uncomfortable? Like you had to go home from the set and just shower. Has there been one character like that in one of these roles, or is it all just kind of like I'm playing the bad guy? This is the part. This is the job, and let's just get through it. On stage, I played a you know mass murderer. I went home at night. It was not like the best the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to take another quick commercial break, and you're okay to stick with us through this next one as well, yes? Yes, I'm good. Perfect. Yeah, we'll take another quick yeah, commercial ahead. break then, and uh, we'll be right back. We'll chat a little bit more with Francois Chow. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, you can feel free to text us at 84126, or you can also call in 314-931-5877. We'll be right back after this. Please stand by. Hi, this is Dean Devlin, director of Bad Samaritan, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. Dean Devlin will hopefully be joining us next week on the show. We'll be talking, because uh, it's 25 years since Independence Day came out in theaters, so we'll be talking to him about... Uh, the 25th anniversary of Independence Day. We'll also be chatting with him about his brand new series, Leverage Redemption, which is out on Amazon Prime and IMDb TV. Uh, for those of you who were Leverage fans, uh, the Redemption series is now out with the original cast. Uh, fantastic. Watch the first couple episodes, and it's great. So we'll have Dean Devlin on next week talking all about that. I want to make sure we mention our premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you have been uh, cooped up, you're looking to get out of the house, uh, St. Charles has a lot going on. They just celebrated their anniversary. They're having a big uh, anniversary thing to commemorate the Lewis and Clark Landing and the uh, historic first capital that's there. If you want to get out, you can bike ride the Katy Trail, get outdoors in Frontier Park, and just kind of enjoy the sunshine. Hopefully, if the rain quits, you can get out and enjoy the sunshine. But there's a lot to do, a lot to see in St. Charles, from fantastic food to unique shopping experiences up and down the cobblestone streets. If you're a history buff, just go look at all the plaques up there. There's the the first state capital. It's a great place to visit. And if you're from out of state, maybe you're streaming us online on the YouTube and the Facebook, or you're streaming us on Instagram right now, if you're wanting to plan a trip someplace you haven't gone before, come stay in the city of St. Charles, any place from a little bed and breakfast to a hotel with world-class accommodations right there in our backyard. We'd love to see you in St. Charles. And if you're in the greater St. Louis area and haven't made the trip, what are you waiting for? Get over there and have cocktails at the Tompkin House, get a little uh, barbecue from Salt and Smoke, and then finish it off with a gooey butter milkshake down the street at the sweet shop. Lot to do. You can do it all from the website to plan your trip. DiscoverStCharles.com. That's DiscoverSTCharles.com. They've been with us since the beginning, and we always say St. Charles, it's for a historically good time. We're chatting with Francois Chow this hour all about his career in TV and film and video game work. Uh, we've got to ask you, you talked about playing the bad guy, Francois. I don't think it gets any bigger or badder than Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. That's, uh, that has to be the pinnacle of villain right there. 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. It, it's it's uh, it's amazing to me the the staying power of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, you know, I have uh, middle aged guys come up to me uh, a lot saying, "Oh my God, uh, I loved you. You were you were a shredder when I was a kid. You were my childhood." I'm like. Uh, Oh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, now I feel like really old, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, uh, yeah. I guess you can't get any more villainous than Shredder. When I met you at Pensacon, uh, obviously I was I was waiting there in line for you to show up. I had the quick kick GI Joe action figure, but there were plenty of people who were talking about, oh, it's it's Shredder. So d- is yeah. is that the thing you you find you have the most notoriety for? Is Shredder and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The two big ones are uh, Shredder and still uh, from the TV show Lost. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then of course GI Joe is in there and a bunch of other stuff. You know, uh, a lot of uh, The Expanse. This is a sci-fi show I did. Uh, it was got pretty popular. It's a big, very hardcore uh, group of fans. Um, and uh, once in a while, The Tick. Yeah. That's I'm that 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 Amazon series The Tick is begging for its own line of action figures. I'm hoping we get the, the full run. Yeah. And with the, the talking about your voice, you know how everyone's just said it's very distinctive. You've done a lot of video games: Wing Commander three, Star Lancer, XCOM two, and another one in the XCOM series, if I'm not mistaken. When when yeah. you when you come in for the voice roles, do you get hired based because you know what you've got the perfect voice, or do they want you to do any affectation at all, or how do uh, how do you find the video game voice work? from doing the animated series voice works? The uh, video game uh, stuff is, uh, and actually all the voice stuff that I do, except for, I would say, uh, the quick kick uh, character, G.I. Joe, uh, the only, the the shtick with that was I I was supposed to do really bad, you know, uh, impressions of of stars, which was good because I, I, yeah. Uh, but everything else is <laughs> it's not so much you can you make the, can you know can you do this voice or can you make this guy this way it's pretty much just me uh you know I go in I audition uh and then uh, I guess you know they they like the voice that I my usual voice and that's that's pretty much all I all I have is uh, the video games they're all um uh yeah there's there's no there's nothing where I, where I put on a, a different voice um and man, I can't. I, I, some of the stuff goes back. Uh, XCOM, I think I did a bunch of those. Yeah. And even Star Lancer was some of the first stuff. Was just you know, now the the technology now is so far advanced that you just go wow. Uh, I think Star Lancer. I just even for just for the voice, I just I don't know if they film. There was one something else I did where I just kind of stood there and I I said the line and then. I kind of turned and I said the line again, and that was pretty much it. Uh, and now, uh, now it's basically you're shooting a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, when we did uh, Wing Commander, uh, and this was like '94, I think, uh, that was really the the cutscenes in between the the playing were just like uh, shooting a movie. I mean, the sets were all real sets. There was no no. There was uh, really no green screen, none of that stuff. I mean, it was everything was was real. So hmm. that th- that was a lot of fun. And again, and, going looking at the TV stuff you've done, all the different uh, like staples. One of the ones that ER has just spawned so many people. Like we've seen 
uh, people who are in like parts on that now who are going on to do other stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, ER. So it's almost like one of those, you could almost do like a five degrees of Kevin Bacon. You could almost do five degrees of ER. Right. But that's right. one of those shows, those those medical shows, and you've done it on Grey's Anatomy and things like that, where you you know these medical shows seem like they'd be the most complex to work on because I'm sure not only do you have to know lines, but there's medical jargon you have to throw in there and things like that. So I would imagine yeah. the medical shows are some of the tougher ones to work on. Yeah, well, if you're playing a doctor, they are. Yeah, uh, if you're the guy, the sick guy in bed, it's it's okay, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the ER stuff, I did like, a, I, think I, I missed out like three or four of them uh, where I was the, I think I was the neurosurgeon mm-hmm. and uh, I, I would just, you know, run down and, you know, say stuff like, okay, you know, I need a scat, CAT scan and take them to blah, 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 whatever. So it was, you kind of get used to it. Um, but yeah, that, the, the medical jargon is, is tough to do. Uh, and, you know, TV is, it's, they don't have much time, so it's not, they're not going to spend a lot of time making sure you uh you know if you don't do it right boy uh they can find somebody else right away <laughs> right and it yeah. just i think about too all the all the different fandoms you're involved in we mentioned gi joe and teenage mutant ninja turtles are huge but huge but uh obviously stargate uh lost the expanse mm-hmm. all these all these they have these dedicated fandoms and then yeah. I think about is there is there any kind of like when you when you go to the conventions you see all the other people from the this this series or that series is there uh-huh. a uh, particular fandom be it Star Wars or Star Trek or Marvel that you would love to get involved in that's like your you, kind of like on your bucket list to work on a project with that umbrella? Well, you know I I am a huge huge Star Trek fan. Okay. And I'm still waiting for my shot on a Star Trek show. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so anybody listening out there, uh, producers of Star Trek, I'm here. Um, yeah, no, Star Trek would be uh, would be a great thing. You know, another show I uh, I really uh, loved, and then I finally got a chance to do an episode was uh, X Files. That's right. Yeah, because that was when the reunion yeah. came back. Right. Right. The the, the new X Files. And, uh, and, you know, I, I'm a huge, uh, I, have to, I have to confess, I'm a huge uh, Jillian Anderson fan, have a huge crush on her for, for you know, years now. Yeah. And uh, I got to do X-Files and my scenes were with her and I was like, ooh, I was a little nervous. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I hope I don't screw up. <laughs> does that does that happen very often? Because you're 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 a seasoned veteran. You've been in all these projects. I mean, like TV shows like Alias, where you're working, you know, opposite Jennifer Garner and things like that. We mentioned Lethal Weapon. Uh, do you still mm-hmm. get nervous on certain projects when you're up when you're working with somebody like that? Uh, it depends on who it is. Uh, for, for for the most part, no. I mean, uh, I, I think I tend to be pretty um, professional once I get on set. That you know, this is my job. So I. You know, that's what they hired me to do. So uh, I kind of concentrate on that. But mm-hmm. yeah, once in a while, when uh, there's, I, I get a little starstruck uh, with certain people that I, you know, I've a big, big fan of for years. And uh, but you know, it's uh, like I said. I think the only person I really kind of got nervous with was with uh, Jillian Anderson from from uh, X Files. And talking about the TV, some of the other great shows you've worked on, Chuck was one of my all-time favorite series. <laughs> You got to be on yeah. Castle uh, opposite Nathan yeah. Fillion, and then one one show that I was so upset that it got canceled in its first season was Awake with Jason Isaacs because uh, oh, yeah, that show yeah. was brilliant. I love yeah. that show. 
uh, yeah, it was a great show. It was a good concept. I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Um, yeah, that was great to work on too. Uh, I mean, they're all you know, all these uh, all these episodics. Um, they're, they're just I've been really, really lucky to get to work on so many of them, and I, I really have not ever in my whatever almost forty years doing this have ever had uh, a bad uh, experience on any show that's kind of left me. You know, going, oh, man, you know, this this is really, you know, whatever. Uh, everybody, everywhere, everything I've worked has been just great. And I, I have a feeling that I've been pretty lucky because I've heard stories. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've had a couple uh, people on the show who before who have said that they've, they've given us some stories that aren't, that kind of make you wonder. Because obviously for every every great story, there's obviously someone out there who's had a bad experience on it. But that, that's right. very good that you have not, though. So that that's good to hear. Right. Yeah. Wow. I got my fingers crossed because now that I said it, man, I don't know. Next show could be the one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope we didn't jinx you. That I'd feel horrible yeah. now. Yeah. Exactly. And, and speaking of projects, do you have anything else you're working on, or anything else you're kind of like? Uh, maybe you can't talk about them if they have NDAs or anything. But is there anything coming up that we can watch for you or listen for your voice in? Uh, I've done. Let's see. Actually, uh, this whole uh, year, last year and a half, when COVID started, I, I pretty much when it started, I thought, ah, you know what, uh, is my vacation time because I pretty yeah. much wrote off the, the year. But then, but it, it turned out that uh, there was uh, more work than I thought it was going to be. So I did uh, uh, a uh, another uh, video game, which is I don't know when it's coming out, and I signed a whole bunch of NDAs, but. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was the first time I had to. I did the uh, mocap. Oh stuff. yeah. You know, you you put on that that uh, skin tight suit with all the, and then they put all those little furry balls on you and stuff. And, all the dots, right? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I did, uh, and then before that, I did uh, the the game that's out now on PS5 or four called Ghost of Tsushima. I think it's really popular. Uh, I have. I'm I'm still trying to get a PS5. <laughs> you and it's everybody like else, I know. To, yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> uh, I haven't played the game because I don't have a machine yet. I, I would um, think if you but, did the game for them, you could always phone them up and be like, "Hey, I got to play the game. Can you please hook me up?" You would think Sony would would help you out. You would think, right? <laughs> but no. <laughs> and uh, I, I've done some voiceover work. I've done actually, I've done more um, audiobooks. Oh, cool! Narrating audiobooks. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's a couple of things, uh, projects I. I think I can say I, the last job was uh, last a couple of last month. I was uh, in Puerto Rico shooting uh, an episode of Fantasy Island. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, uh, the re reboot, I guess you would call it. Yeah. This is, I think like the third time they've uh, they're bringing it back. But uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. And uh, the the character I played, I, I actually it was it was pretty. Uh, uh, it was interesting. It wasn't, you know, schmaltzy or anything, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So um, I don't know when that's coming out, but, you know, look for it. Absolutely. Something else to keep an eye out. Yeah. And since I, I, I hate that this hour goes by so quick, I wish I could keep talking to you. We'll have to have you back on if you're amenable to that idea. But Yo, before we anytime, uh, anytime. before we hit the top of the hour, tell everybody social media handles, websites, where they can find you and keep up with you. Uh, you know, I'm not a big social media guy. I'm on Facebook. I think you can find me there. And I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm at Francois Chow. That's, it's, it's pretty basic. 
Uh, that's about it. Uh, everybody's telling me I got to get on it, but uh, I have a very hard time uh, unless there's some project that I, I, I do that I, you know, I want to promote or something. Otherwise I have a very hard time staying on top of things by, you know, I, I don't really like to, uh, you know, go on Twitter and say, Hey, I'm, you know, having a great cup of coffee right now. Right. <laughs> Instagram your meal and everything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with that. People, I see people do it and I go, wow, I wish I had that, right. that whatever, but I guess I don't have that, uh, right. that note in me. <laughs> That's nothing wrong with that. Uh, this has been absolutely yeah. brilliant. We'll definitely have to have you back on again. Francois out. thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And right. we're going to be back next week with Dean Devlin and Mitch Halleck talking about Terrific Con. So until next week. This is Geek Radio. That's our show. This is Geek Radio. Thank you, G.I. Joe headquarters. Good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.